Hi, uh, hello. My name is Alberto Lavandeira. I am the CEO of Atalaya Mining. And um, our company runs the Rio Tinto mine in the south part of Spain, where we have a huge land property, where we were just starting to, to see the tip of the iceberg. And we also have another project in the north part of Spain, also copper. We are focusing copper. We have been delivering growth to this company, expanding, now producing nice cash flows in the moment where copper is enjoying a good price. And we started to pay dividends uh, just this month ago, just one month ago. Well, we will be receiving the dividends soon. And I think we have just been delivering uh, in all our promises. Well, good to see you again. We spoke at the end of August. Um, so where are you now? You look like you're in a different location from last time. Where are you? Last time I was in a house, kind of holiday house that I have in the north. I'm from the north of Spain. Now I'm at the mine. Today I had a meeting here with some local people. So I just came flying from Madrid, take away my tie and my nice jacket and put a, <laughs> a warmer thing on top. <laughs> and be at the mine. Our our company has the minimum overheads because we are really working from, from the mine. Uh, we have like 500 employees, all of them sitting here with ex some exceptions of small groups traveling here and there and, and one person, a couple of persons sitting in London. But we are a company that really hands on. So when you say you're meeting some of the locals, is that, was is, was it a problem conversation or just an update no, conversation? No, it's, it's real. To the contrary, we are very different to what you see in some of these places, unfortunately, for mining in lots of places in the world. Here, we are a loved neighbor. We had a meeting with uh, basically six mayors of the villages around us, where obviously they will ask you for more employment, they will ask you for more contributions for, for some social uh, initiatives. But the reality that is that we are our loved neighbor and our relations are, I would say, more than excellent to, to the point that sometimes you even go with them to have lunch uh, in a kind of private uh, way. Really, the, the relation here is, I think, it's, it's a total model uh, with a mind with the community. Okay. Um, well, that, that's good news. No, no, no cause for concern then. And you've got this um, project, the Rio Tinto project, running at a sort of efficient, steady state, right? Um, that that's, can be seen from your, your Q2 numbers, your Q3 numbers. We'll talk about those in a second. Um, but you also mentioned the word growth at the beginning of the conversation, right? So that's the bit where I'm interested in as a shareholder. If I come in now, what am I going to get? Um, you know, because you can drive efficiencies down so much. You can increase uh, throughput so much. You're going to become plant constrained at, you know, at, at some point. So there's only tinkering around the edges you can do unless you make some big moves. So I'm interested in having that conversation with you because I know you've got other projects on the go as well. So where do you think the growth is coming from? Look, at the end, uh, uh, the shares of a mining company are like options into the to the underlying metal. So you need to have a, a long life asset. When we arrived here uh, with a team, uh, we put a team together. Uh, the, my life was 12 years running at a rate of 9 million tons per year. That was the feasibility study done in 2013. We started 15, uh, refurbishing the old installation, 
And the first thing we did is say, okay, is there more? So we started drilling at the same time that we were, let's say, constructing the plant or reconstructing the plant at 5 million tons per year. That was done in one year. Second year, we expanded to beyond the 9 million tons per year. And in these two years, we had been drilling. And we found that we had more than doubled the reserves. So to make it short, we expanded again to a nameplate of 15 million tons of rock per year. And now we are running like at 16. And I would say that's, I won't say it's the maximum, but it's close to what we could do normally. And what would happen? Normally you would think, well, if you're running at a 50% more than you were planning, your buying life is going to be 50% lower. Actually, it's the opposite. Actually, what's happened is that we have already been running six years of a mine life of 12, and we still have 12 running at a higher capacity. And what's beyond that? Well, beyond that, now that we know what we have in the open pit, let's see what we have besides it. The first thing you look is around it. And we have other areas. Uh, one place is the Atalaya pit, is, gives the name to the company. Uh, it's a mass called San Dionisio, which was mined in the past, but like in the pit that we are run mining, they left a lot behind. There's another polymetallic deposit called San Antonio, also one kilometer away. Now is the time to add all those. And in addition to that, we we've, we acquired something 29 kilometers away with a quite big deposit, which is probably running in the 70, 80 million tons uh, of, of material. So we are talking that besides what we have right now in the bag, and that's our only reserves, around us within, let's say, less than one hour, half an hour distance, we have double, more than double of metal that's still not in the reserves. That certainly is not going to be left in the ground. So now we are focusing in adding those tons to do two things. One is to grow the production per year, and second, with the same installation, and the second is to extend the mine life. Both are ways to increase the volatility and increase the optionality. How do we grow the production using the same plant? Well, bringing in higher grade. So through the same tons, now we have lots of capacity that if we could add some of this underground or high grade material through, we'll produce more with the same installation. And besides that, we will make it for longer time. So instead of still having only 12 years, we're looking at being here in 20 years now, time. Right. So, so tell me, tell me about the actual efficiencies on, on the ground operationally. Because if, if I look at your Q3 numbers, um, you know, it's suggesting that you've got 7.8 million tons of waste mined, right? Which is sort of comparable to Q2, Q2 etc. How, how do you do more with the plant? How do you stop yourself becoming plant constrained in this without having to bolt on very expensive? Um, additions? Right now, the plant uh, that we're running, which is a flotation plant of, that runs roughly at 50,000 tons per day, which means 16 million tons per year, that has a certain capacity of, of flotation, of, of treatment of mineralized material. To extract that mineralized material, you have to take out some waste. That's the way. So we can roughly, normally, we, we our strip ratio is roughly two to one, a little bit less than that. 
So for each ton that we pass to the plant, normally we have to remove from the pit two tons of waste, which we stockpile because, because some of it is not totally waste, contains some copper, which eventually with higher copper price will also become ore. So the efficiencies really have been in the last year, I would say, to get the plant up and running in a steady state at 4 million tons per quarter, which is equivalent to 16 million tons per year, which is more than the name blade capacity. Got it. And just, just a little thing here, actually, because obviously you're running it, this is kind of low-grade bulk operation. You're talking about like 0.4 or, or thereabouts uh, copper grade, right? And you're then talking about creating a tailings because you think that at some later date you may be able to still recover copper. I mean, how does that work? Would you be the person to do that? We've seen other companies manage tailings operations and extracting value from tailings. Tailings is not tailings, it's dumps. Dumps, not tailings. right. No, tailings really, we don't leave too much in the tailings. We leave 0.05 in the tailings, so really is not much left there. Got it. So what do you do Our with the dumps? recovery in the dumps, in the waste, which is called waste because it's rock from the, from the pit. But actually, it's not barren rock. It, it's it. rock that contains less copper than than what we have in the reserves. In other ways, if our cutoff is point, let's say, 18% copper, it means that each ton of rock that contains 0.18% copper will pay for its costs. But there will be lots of tons that will be like 0.15, like like you that you have to extract anyway. So you have to blast it anyway to remove it. And instead of throwing it away because it contains copper, you stockpile them. In the years or future years, if the copper price is higher and the cost of extraction has been done already, you can get, make money from, from those. Right. Okay. So it's a hedge against future co co copper price. And what are you going to do with it in, in the meantime anyway? Okay. Uh, Understood, and it's a point point well made. Can you just um just might also just be the right time to talk about um the Q three numbers that you did put out? Just remind us the headline numbers because I'd like to kind of, again continue the growth conversation. Look at the end, the Q three numbers and and overall nine month numbers. To make it very simple and for people to make very simple assumptions, we are running at a like 50, 50 million euros. EBITDA per quarter, so roughly 150 million. It's rough numbers, of course, so that people can can remember. Per in uh, around 200 equivalent million euros in a in a year, and that's for a a company that uh, that has a market cap has been obviously moving uh, up and down recently, but a market cap that's um, uh, it's less than three times the enterprise value. So we are really, we are really very, um, very low priced. An important feature there is, is not only the EBITDA, because EBITDA can hide lots of things, can hide investments that are required, can hide taxes, can hide overheads and so on. But the reality is that also our cash flow is, is there's lots of money that goes directly, the funds go directly to cash flow generated. So the free cash flow generated in in these three quarters has been 105 
million euros, roughly, just to make it simple, 120 more or less million dollars. Again, with a company that's worth market cap is 650 plus the, the bank, the money we have in the bank, we are talking about uh, uh, a free cash flow yield, which is, is very high in the range of over 20%. So I think those are the, the key numbers. Very high free cash flow generation and very high um, real cash flow generation and very high EBITDA. And of course, that gave us the, the, the opportunity to, to grow the balance sheet and to be able to give a dividend like we did in basically this month. You did. And you've got to be careful of the dividends because you set expectations, right? Well, if you look at our history, we are quite conservative. We, we look for the money for the shareholders. We, we finance this with equity only, but without diluting. We built this mine. Uh, our teams were quite good with lots of experience. Uh, instead of with 300 million, with 200 million. That, what does it mean? It means that that we do care for the money of the shareholders. If we give away roughly, let's say, 50 million, it's because we believe that can be sustained. And we have said that we are going to be giving between 30 and 50% of the free cash flow after investments, which is what we are doing right now. Of course, the copper price could go down, and then that would probably have to go to the 30%. But we also believers that the copper price more than down is going to go up. So there's no major expansion needed. There's no major investment needed except this project, a new project called Toro in the north part of Spain. We believe this is sustainable and at the same time give us some room for growth. So, okay. So, so again, it gives you room for growth, which is, which, is, which is fantastic. And, and you know, splurging 30 to 50% of free cash flow is, is, is fantastic. Every shareholder should be delighted. Um, how are you defining free cash flow? Because obviously you're going to be looking to do expansion work and exploration work um, as well. So what, what, what's your definition? My definition is the definition that everybody should have. It's, it's all the cash flow generated from the operations after taking away taxes, after making the investments that we have to do, well, that's what I after mean. exploration, but, real cash flow. But, and at the end, it's quite easy to calculate. But, but that's what I mean. You, you get to define that. You have some control over that in the sense that it's with the, with the um, expenditures that you need to make. That's the kind of key bit. And the expenditures you need to make, is it covers what? Maintenance, I get, but does it include um, exploration? Uh, it includes exploration, includes it. overheads, includes everything, includes the very low interest that we have from, by, uh, from our debt. It's very important, your question, because some companies do not include that as, yeah. as free cash flow. Yeah. For me, the test, the asset test is very simple. You look at the balance sheet of a company end of December, you look at the balance sheet at the end of the next year, if they are making a huge investment in a new project, you can subtract that, but you'd see what's the change in work in, mm. in the balance sheet. Of course, you have to consider the debt that's coming in and out, so you have to net out all the debt. And then this is what has happening with us. I mean, yeah, last I, year, mm. we were negative working capital, and nine months later, we have a... a a real cash flow surplus of 80 or 90 million. So 
Yeah. Real cash generated. Okay, absolutely. And I think that's a worthwhile discussion because obviously, look, you're up one pound since we spoke at the end of uh, end of August. You should have told me to invest. I can't believe you didn't. I think I told you, but uh, I mean, you probably didn't <laughs> you did. believe me. I you mean, did. <laughs> one of the problems we have had, probably we had with our investors, and that uh, sometimes they have come late. But anyway, they. Yeah. I used to say that for every happy buyer, there's a happy seller, and vice versa. Yeah. So. There are lots of people that, oh, you have already gone up too much. Well, look, I'm buying shares at, uh, at less than three. So I, I'm a true believer in this company. Okay. Uh, look, who was going to say that the copper price was going to stay there? Uh, we believed it. And we also believed in our performance. Well, there's, there's one I want to get to as well. Like the copper price is doing a lot of heavy lifting for you. You know, for, as a producer, you're benefiting from that, which is which is fantastic. And then how you choose to allocate that capital, dividends, expansion, whatever, that's, that's down to you. Your, share, your shareholders are going to be happy. But have you had any pushback from shareholders, large or small, saying, hey, we kind of like what you did here with this kind of turnaround story. It wasn't really kind of going anywhere for a long time. Why don't you go and do more of the same, please? You're going to create way more value for us that way. It's uh, it's something it's, it's something in between. I mean, you have to be a good balance. For us, we we want to grow, and we will grow, and we will create new projects, and we will require this cash. But the reality, it was very hard to justify uh, in front of our shareholders that uh, being in 18 million euros in December 20, negative working capital, to find out that nine months later, you had 127 million euros working capital surplus. So you have switched 140 million, mm -hmm. and the year was not over yet. So how can we justify to continue holding cash in the bank without having an immediate project. Certainly, if we had had the approval of the total project on our hands, we would probably be starting to invest immediately and delay the, 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 and delay the, the dividend to next year. Right. But so far, we believe that if things continue like this, uh, next year will be again great uh, with more cash flow, so we'll still be able to, to grow. Yeah. Okay. So you you you've kind of got this ATM, which is the steady state production of rear tin, uh, the rear tinto asset. It you've you talked about some of the ways that you look to ex expand, um, you know, to the nameplate and beyond. Um, the grade you're not seeing any degradation of the grade, not degradation. You're not seeing any reducing of the grade. It's fairly homogenous from what you can see. You don't expect it to drop. It any. is not not as homogenous as as. As porphyries, right. um, but we have certain control in the sense of with the great control. If if we look at the, if the cup price <clears throat> went up to five dollars or even at four fifty like now, we could mine lower rate and extend the mine life. Mm. But does it make sense, or is it better to stockpile the the marginal material and treat it in the future? So I think we it's there is a balance there. Um, you need to reward existing shareholders. You need to reward the, the people that uh, have invested. So there is a balance. Uh, with higher copper price, it could happen that we lower the grade. But we have the possibility of a stockpiling and keep more or less constant the grade. Okay. With with this kind of processing hub around, uh, you know, the Rio Tinto, we, we talked last time about, you know, spoken satellite uh, operations. Is Do you think that... Um, 
with with this upgrading of the processing, it's not going to slow the throughput. You're not going to have any downtime. It, it's business as usual, but you're you're bolting on increased capacity. No, I don't think so. Okay. I think we have a, a very steady uh, rate that has been maintained for four for three quarters, almost four quarters. Right now, the production rate is very constant. I mean, if it could always be a, a an issue with some fire or things like that, that but those things normally are covered by insurance. Normally, that's not going to happen. Right. Okay. That's very steady. So, so what? So again, we're, we're coming back to this hub and spoke component. The the clear rate center is where it's at. You've got obviously Sierra Colorado, much bigger pit you know, n- n- near nearby, and um, and San uh, Dionisia uh, deposits. How how are you tackling? Have you changed your thinking since we spoke in August about how you come at it? How much money? You know, do you do you feel under, under pressure now to kind of do things quicker? I mean, what do you th- what's your thoughts? No, I think I think uh, it's only a few months, and I think we are we are maintaining what we said. Okay. Uh, we have uh, one areas to maintain the the Rio Tinto mm. project working normally, and now we are concentrating and creating value by the risk in these two areas, and by drilling in in Massa Valverde area, which is is very promising, and we will we are not. A company that normally releases individual drill holes, but certainly it's promising enough to 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 give some news to the market to show that there is a life beyond what from what beyond what we do have right now. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested if you guys come come back on to actually kind of maybe one of the more technical guys sit down and kind of go through that, that drill program at uh, Massa Valverde Day because I, I think it's it's, it's Look, interesting. Massa Valverde sure. is a is a it's a deposit which is, is a mixed deposit of copper lead zinc, mm. uh, t- very uh, typical from the pirate belt, uh, which is, gets it creates certain complications in separating the copper and the zinc and the lead. But uh, one of the first things we saw is that it contains certain copper high, high, high copper areas, also some high zinc areas. And we said, well, if this is the case, uh, the mother nature <coughs> was not going to know where we were going to drill. Mm. And if the holes are separated 200 meters apart, and one of them is getting some decent grades, don't tell me that we are going to be having the bad luck that we are going to hit the only good grade with that hole. So it means there must be more. And that's what we are doing. We are basically infilling the areas and finding some areas with some higher some anomalies. And we believe it's uh, it's going to be something very interesting for the future. Yeah. Okay. But that'd be interesting one to have a conversation about. We'll dig, dig dig down into. If I look back at 2021, you, you've always said to me that we, we we do what we say, we say what we do. We've done that, and you've obviously changed the the balance sheet completely. That makes life a lot easier in terms of optionality for 2022. I mean, what 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 should we be looking at, and what are you looking at for 2022? I think 2022 will be a year of stabilization from production point of view. It will be stable. It will be difficult from inflation point of view, uh, and we shouldn't we shouldn't be hiding that. I mean, uh, energy prices are going up, uh, steel is going up, uh, uh, products due to all these things are going up. So we will suffer inflation and higher costs, which probably will be a campaign that will be uh, brought together at the same time with coincident higher copper prices. So we will be able to maintain our margins. So I think that's from the production point of view, financial point of view, I think it will be similar to this year. From other news, I expect to see uh, good news from exploration point of view because we have a good team and eventually the results will come. Mm. 
And I also expect to see the resolution of the, the Toro project because we are doing things in the right way and we are presenting papers in the perfect way, which will be a, a, a new project in a new district in the north part of Spain. So I think it will be lots of news, uh, lots of good news. news. Okay. You, you, you said to me, look, I haven't come here. I haven't just turned up to turn around a single asset. You want, you want to build something. Uh, do you think that because of the, not just because of the cash position, but because of the nature of the projects that you've got, you are defensible, i.e. You, no one's going to come in and pick you out because you don't meet the profile that they want, despite you throwing off cash? Well, I think we would have been probably already acquired if we didn't have uh, two big shareholders that control 44% together, 22.2 and 22.2, uh, and uh, they will not sell the company unless they are happy with it. Uh, but uh, the rest of our shareholders are basically institutions and uh, I suppose happy investors. So they are, we are not that uh, vulnerable. But I'm sure that uh, there are lots of eyes looking at us because, yes, we generate cash. We have a very good uh, district position. We have a team that's working. I think our the best part of our company is the team. We have a, a very good, capable people. Yeah, but isn't that so, also part yeah. of the problem? Because you've got such good local relations because you are a local team, right? Um, you know, if you have a, you said this, you got, if, to me, I think, cameras on camera, on camera, off camera, if, you know, if, you, if you're a, 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 a Greek individual coming in hoping to do business in Australia that might be might be tricky. Um, well, I suppose the people you know? will still keep the people will still keep the, the team when we or our managers, all our operators are local. Yeah. So the, I, I see no reason why if there is a change of shareholder or somebody coming from other country or uh, I don't think it's a, it's a big difference. Okay. Um, so anyway, you're not for, you're not for sale. So it doesn't matter. It's a moot point. No. Yeah. Hey, Ulek, Alberto, uh, lovely update. Thanks for the, the, the summary reminder of what you're at and are you the continued growth story here. Should I be investing now? I think so. <laughs> I think it's still room if you think of it. I mean, let me tell you in a very simple way. If you look at our radius, we are, we are giving higher EBITDA and higher cash flow and dividends than mayors. In addition to that, so, but probably I would buy a mayor. I mean, Let's call it BHP, Rio Tinto, very good companies anyway. But will the share price of these companies double? No. I don't think so. Will ours double? I don't know, but at least there's a chance. So we are a dividend company, but at the same time with really good growth opportunity that, yes, you're still not late, I can tell you. <laughs> we are not selling. Fantastic, fantastic. All right, good to see you again. I'll probably see you in the new year. Let's get technical then. Um, enjoy I'm yourself. Sure. Have a happy new year. Thank you very much. Enjoy your break also. Thanks.